Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On the Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of Packer Report, part of the Scout.com Network, coming to you a mere 12 minutes away from Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers polish up the Oakland Raiders 20-12, throwing their preseason record to 2-0. I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of storylines, a lot to get to, including obviously Jordy Nelson's uh, dress rehearsal return. And the injury to Brett Hundley, but I want to lead off with the defense, and it, it's a promising start. And I, you know, I, I posted a story at PackReport.com on this last night, and I got a couple of people on Twitter saying, "Yeah, the Vikings really scared the Packers after they beat the Browns and Raiders." But you know what? If the Packers, if the defense would have given them some, you know, a couple of touchdowns to those teams, I, I think fans would have been in a panic. Instead, you know, let's look at the bright, let's look at the bright side here. The Raiders are a bad team. You know, Carr's a heck of a good quarterback. He was, you know, among among the league leaders in touchdowns last year. His running back, Latavius Murray, was one of I think seven running backs in the league to gain a thousand yards. His his top receiver, Amari Cooper, was was a Pro Bowler, seventy catches, more than a thousand yards. I mean, this is a team that's got some weapons, and they did absolutely nothing against Green Bay's defense. Again. I know it's just the preseason, and let's not you know print Super Bowl tickets or compare these guys to the '85 Bears or the 2010 Packers or the Ravens or last year's Broncos. But look, here's Carr's stat line: nine out of thirteen passing, 38 yards, and an interception for a pass rating of 40.2. If you get rid of that early completion of 20 yards to Cooper, that means his other eight completions went a mere 18 yards. That's uh, that's terrible quarterbacking and darn good pass defense. Latavius Murray, again, one of the better young running backs in the league, a big, powerful guy, six carries, 19 yards, a 3.2-yard average, a long run of six. Amari Cooper played the first half with, with, with Carr, two catches, 21 yards. Again, I'm not saying these guys are going to be the world's greatest defense, but it's a step in the right direction here. And if you, and if you put together with the Browns game from the week before, the Packers basically haven't allowed a touchdown drive yet. Cleveland got one touchdown, and it was on a 10-yard scoring drive after a bad punt and a long punt return. The Raiders' only touchdown came on a block punt. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Green Bay's got two safeties. They forced three turnovers. I mean, look at the Raiders last night. You know, uh, they, they don't call me stats guy for nothing. Here you go. The Raiders got seven first downs. They went three of 11 on third down. They gained 187 yards. You know, the Browns had 170-something the week before. It's 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 in a it's in a good start, and you know Mike McCarthy's done his best to downplay when I've asked him about it the first couple games. But on Sirius XM NFL Radio before the game, a couple days before the game, he said this defense has a chance to be one of the best in his tenure. Again, we'll see about that. There's questions about the defensive line. You know, I'm not sure that Blake Martinez has particularly stood out at inside linebacker. But it's, it's a strong start. They've done it without Peppers. They've done it without Matthews, who've been healthy scratches the first two games. They've done it without Burnett, who's missed both games with a, with a back injury. I mean, arguably, that's three of your, what, five best defensive players? Three of your top four? 
So if, if you can shut down teams with, with your good guys on the bench, as McCarthy pointed out when I asked him about it after the Raiders game, I mean, they're, they're not running any scheme. I mean, they're going vanilla defense with some of their best guys on the sideline, and they're still playing good football. Again, let's not, I'm not anointing these guys as the greatest ever, but it's a hell of a lot better than the alternative. So not long after I get into the Lambeau Field press box last night, I'm, I'm all settled in. I've got my coffee and, and sweets because, you, you know, goodness knows to get through preseason, you need, you need caffeine and sugar. I mean, any veteran reporter will, know, will tell you that. Yeah, you need a notebook, you need a pen, you need your, you know, Twitter account up and ready. You need caffeine and you need sugar. So I, I'm ready to go here. And the press box of attendance sends around the uh, what's called the will not dress list, which is the preseason equivalent of the inactives list. And as we all figured, Jordy Nelson was on it. Nelson, the star receiver, was activated off a of PUP on Wednesday. So obviously he wasn't going to play Thursday. So he's on the list, no big deal. So the players are out there going through their early warm-ups as the quarterbacks and receivers are playing a little catch near midfield. And all of a sudden you hear this cheer and you look up and here comes old number 87. And he is, and he is number 87. He's got his uniform on, the jerseys on, helmets on, pads are on. I mean, he's, it looks like he's ready to go. So the, crowd, the crowd's going crazy. And, and you know, it's just a, the next step in his comeback. And we found out after the game that Nelson practiced on Wednesday, which is their light day before the game practice. And, and McCarthy said that he went through individual drills and that probably would be the plan going forward. As Nelson said after the game with a smile on his face, quote, there's a lot that's gone into it. Like I said, it's another step in the right direction. It's another step to be ready for Jacksonville. We'll just continue to work that way. After the game, McCarthy said they'll probably will continue to work that way, which means they're going to ease Nelson back into things, which means he's probably not going to play against San Francisco on Friday night. Even with the lengthy break to the San Francisco game on Friday, the Packers only have two full practices. That's Monday and Tuesday. So, I mean, if he's only going to do individual drills and maybe a little bit of the team stuff, I, 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 it's hard to believe he's going to play, which is fine. You know, even before the 10 tonight is set in, we, we talked to Nelson back in May, and he said that the plan all along is to get ready for Jacksonville in week one. I mean, so he said that any number of times. And he, after the game, he says, he's asked, is week one a realistic goal? He says, as far as I know, I'm going to be playing in week one. Obviously, it's a it's a... It's a huge step for, this, for these guys, as we talked about. With, without Nelson, you know, defense has really just dropped the hammer on the team. They swarmed the line of scrimmage. They took away Cobb. They took away Lacey. So we'll see where this goes. And, look, it's no big deal. I mean, in a perfect world, maybe Nelson comes back last week or starts practicing last week, and he, and he gets eased into practice this past week, and then he goes a little bit more full tilt this week and plays against San Francisco. I mean, that'd be great because then, because obviously Rodgers is going to play against San Francisco, you'd think, after missing the first two games. It'd be nice to get those guys some game reps. But you know what? Rodgers broke into the starting lineup in 2008. That was Nelson's rookie year. These guys have got thousands of reps. I'm not talking about thousands of practice. they got thousands of game reps together. They'll be fine. And, you know, this is a, under McCarthy, this is how they've kind of operated, where the expectation is the playoffs, and they will... I don't want to say sacrifice a game, but they're not going to go push guys to limit or risk anything for one game when, when there's a, a bigger prize at stake. So you know what? If Nelson's not ready for 40 plays in week one, and he's not, you know, he's not a full go, you know, full down, every down kind of guy, it's okay. I mean, this is a team, again, it's built for the long haul. They're built to, you know, get better in week four and get better in week eight and hopefully hit their streak, hit their peak and stride. 
by week 12 and so on. So, you know, I don't think it's a big deal. If, if Nelson's ready, great. If he's not, no big deal. The idea is to get him ready to go for the games that matter. We'll see how it goes. Again, he's a 31-year-old guy coming off a torn ACL. And then the other knee, uh, the other knee sort of bugging him. You know, we'll see. I don't think I don't think anything is a given here, but only a fool bus against Jordy Nelson, that's for sure. Plus, time really is on his side. Yeah, there was two preseason games left and only four true practices left. But we're still three-plus weeks until the regular season starts. So, as Nelson pointed out after the game, quote, we've been working through it. It's nothing that I've been worried about. We can do a lot of work in here and inside the Hudson Center. And like I said, our goal is week one. We're right where we want to be and need to be. We've got time to get there. I think the big thing here is, is that fourth preseason game, chances are that's going to be all for the backups to play the game. But for that week leading up to that game at Kansas City, that's going to be a game for Rodgers and Nelson to spend a lot of time at, as members of the scout team, kind of getting on the same page. And yeah, it's scout team, but, you know, at the end of the day, plays are plays. And, they'll, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to translate. So they, they, they've got time to work it out there, and then they'll have four practices going into that Jacksonville game. So time really is on their side. And, look, like, like I said a moment ago, only a fool butts against a 31-year-old Jordy Nelson and only a fool butts against Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers because those guys are one of the best combinations that have come through this league in a long time. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com, where your membership not only gets my exclusive Packers content, including my look at the defense from last night's game, but our award-winning fantasy site, which has made a lot of people a lot of money. And if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44, so if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. All right, back to last night's game. Another positive for the Packers was the running game. 40 carries, 145 yards, a couple touchdowns. Again, it's the preseason. I hear you all there. You know, the Browns stink. The Raiders are mediocre. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? And maybe you're right, but, you know, at least... If, I find this interesting is, and if you've gone to practice, you probably noticed this too. At practice, and when it's 11 on 11, it's one passing play after another. It is just, it's a total passing drill. And, and although they'll mix in a draw play to Lacey and you know, a couple runs here and there, but mostly, you know, practice is, is meant to build the time between the, between the quarterbacks and receivers. And I get that. And it's a, you know, as a byproduct, it gets the DBs ready for the season too. So, you know, I, I, I get it. I mean, it's probably 80 to 20 pass to run ratio, but so I think it's interesting that Green Bay's come out and run the ball so well. You know, a lot of that comes down to individual drills where, you know, the, the, the linemen are doing a lot of run blocking during those periods. But it's a, it's a terrific sign. And, you know, all eyes have been on Eddie Lacy, and more specifically on Eddie Lacy's belly. You know, I don't know how much slimmer the guy is, but he's looked really good. Last night, nine carries, 45 yards, ripped off a 20-yard gain. And, you know, I, I probably could have gained 16 in that run because, you know, Bakhtiari, the left tackle, left guard Josh Sitton, Blew off the left side of the line, and then Sitton hooked his guy, and Aaron Ripkowski, the fullback, sealed his guy. So it's a big hole for Lacey to get through. But I mean, he's looked superb so far. You know, with, he, got, he got the occasional spin move. He's you know, you know, bulling through guys for a couple extra yards. You know, the one goal line run where he got stopped, he was obviously running two up right there, but then plowing it on the next play. Lacey's off to a good start. 
you know, Strucks was hit and missed, but at a 24-yard run, he broke a tackle. And, you know, I, I thought going into the, into the into camp that number three might be a battle. John Crockett, yeah, kind of a so-so rookie year. Didn't do a whole lot. And I thought Brandon Burks, a kid from Troy who caught a whole bunch of passes, might have a shot. Brandon Ross from Maryland put together an unbelievable streak of games at the end of the year. I thought maybe he had a shot to get in the mix. But, you know, unless John Crockett falls on his face, this is his job to lose. You know, six carries, 26 yards, an impressive 10-yard touchdown where he drug a bunch of Raiders into the end zone the last five yards. You know, after the game, Crockett, that's what I like about Crockett. Crockett totally downplays this, says it's the offensive line. They did a great job. Yeah, you know what? They did a good job. You know, Barclay ended up pushing him into the end zone, but, you know, Crockett kept those legs going, and that's the one thing that stuck out with Crockett to me this summer is, I didn't, and I didn't see it so much last year, but Crockett runs harder than he did last year. And he's having a good camp. And in, in besides the the running stuff, if, if you're going to be the number three running back, you've got to do special teams. And he's been a number one on, if most if not all, the special teams. He catches the ball well, and he, he's a better blocking option than the other guys. If Crockett's not, not the number three guy, I'll, I'll be very surprised. He's off to a terrific start. And you know what? The kids the kids got a chance to start. I remember I talked to a, a CFL scout at camp one day. I don't, okay, I, yeah, it's the CFL, I understand that, but he's, he's a guy who's been around the NFL for a long time, so he knows the league. And he told me that Crockett's got a chance to be a legit number two back. I'm not talking number three. I'm not talking a guy who's battling for a roster spot. He thought he's a number two running back. So, look, he knows more about football than I do. If he thinks Crockett's that good, then so do I. This is Crockett's job to lose, and you know what? He's not going to lose it. And finally, the one negative from last night, obviously, Brett Hundley was re-injuring that left ankle. He got pulled down from behind by Khalil Mack and got his ankle trapped underneath him and hopped off the field. Fortunately, from a Packers perspective, Mike McCarthy, the coach, said that Hundley's in better shape than he was with the, after the last ankle injury, which kept him up for almost two weeks. But, look, you know how ankles are. And I'm not comparing this injury to, to Ty Montgomery's injury because they're probably not the same. But, look, you know what happened to Montgomery last year? He... Hurt his ankle week six versus San Diego. He tried two or three times to come back, and it just never happened. It never happened. Ankles are bad deals. Ankles and hamstrings are just bad. And, he, and look, you're you're not back until you're back. And you know, you worry for Green Bay is a you're, you're worried that Humley's losing all those practice time. And for he's a 23 year old kid. He needs all these reps. And you know, if if for the guys who could have really used five preseason games. You know, Hundley was one of them because after a terrific preseason last year, he didn't. He wasn't even suited up for the regular season last year. Didn't take any snaps. He's a guy who needs to play, and you know, he missed the the Canton game because of the ankle injury. Obviously, he wouldn't have played anyway. But he missed that game. Then he missed the Cleveland game because of the ankle injury, and he played a one quarter in I think three plays last night before he goes down again. Ends up throwing seven passes. You know, so, you know, even, let's say McCarthy's right and, and Hundley gets back, you know, maybe, maybe not he plays in that KC game, but he's going to go into the regular season without a whole lot of reps. And if something were to happen to Aaron Rodgers, you, you, you would want your quarterback to come into at least a little bit more season. Obviously, with Hundley, you're never going to know until you know that he's a quality backup, but you sure like the guy to play and he's not playing. And then B, you know, again, you know, maybe this is a Montgomery kind of injury where he just can't get over it. And, and you know, maybe, you know, God forbid he plays in that KC game and, and gets hurt again. And and then you're into then what mode? He reminds me of 2013 where, 
where those guys were Vince Young and, and B.J. Coleman stunk up the joints. They they whacked those guys at the end, and they ended up bringing in Seneca Wallace to the roster and putting Scott Tolzien in the practice squad. And, you know, it ended up working out in the long run, you know, not so much in 2013, but but they, they end up getting a fine on Tolzien. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there at this point. They they If something goes wrong with Hunley, your 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 options are are Joe Callahan, a kid who was playing, getting ready at this time last year for Frostburg State, not quite a powerhouse, especially at the Division Three levels. I mean, he was an incredible quarterback at Division Three Wesley. But breaking news here: Division Three Wesley's not getting ready for Jacksonville or something. So, boy, I mean, you, you hate to go into the. And I, and I like Callahan. I think he's got a shot to be a pretty pretty fair player, but. I mean, you don't want to go into the season with him as your number two, and Marquise Williams can't possibly be that guy. So, you mean, if, if Hunley, something goes wrong with Hunley, you know, in early September, you're you're looking for a Seneca Wallace scrap heap kind of guy, and that, that's just that's just not good as we all learned in 2013 when when they went 0-4-1 after Rodgers went down and they finally turned to Matt Flynn. The last trouble spot I would say would be the play of young cornerbacks Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins. Look, you got to turn and find the ball. And it's, it's the bugaboo of, of a lot of young cornerbacks. Heck, it's the bugaboo of a lot of cornerbacks, period. And you saw that on, on, that, on the one big play that they gave up against Carr where he threw it to Mari Cooper. Randall was in great position. The ball just went right over his shoulder. He never saw the ball. And you saw it, again, against, against Rollins where Connor Cook got a big play down the field where you know, Rollins was in a great spot. Just didn't see the ball. And the receiver basically caught the ball off his knees. So you know, the, the good news is they're in, in the right spot. The bad news is they didn't turn to find a ball, and I mean you can't do that. Look at the season to start. Look at the way they're going to start the season. Week one, Jacksonville, Blake Bortles, not a household name, but he's made a lot of big plays last year and threw for about a million yards. Week two, Teddy Bridgewater, who's never done much against the Packers, but a, a rising player. Week three, Matthew Stafford. Week five, with the week four by week five, Eli Manning. Week six, Tony Romo. Week seven, Jay Cutler. Week eight, week eight, Matt Ryan. Week nine, Andrew Luck. Week ten, Marcus Mariota. Week eleven, Kirk Cousins. That's a lot of really good quarterback quarterbacks. And if the cornerbacks don't get this solved, you know Green Bay is going to be in for a lot of shootouts because, you know, as you know, quarterback play wins football games, and cornerback play is the uh, is the ultimate way to to nix that. So, look, these are talented guys. Joe was a terrific coach. I'm sure they'll get it figured out. But if you're going to nitpick on a defense that's played really well, that's what I would look at. And that wraps up this episode of Locked On Packers. If you're bored this week, we've got a whole bunch of great podcasts here on the Locked On Network. So have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.